the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we are live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Let me go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, Captain Brett Bartlett from Orlando Lakes, Florida. Uh, David DeGresta, Corporal, retired from a PD, Sheriff's Office. He's been around the block, yes. And uh, so thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, Captain Brett, what do I got today? It's the Star Blast. So thanks to Bang for the uh, sponsorship. Brett, I know you got a fancy-looking can there, too, so absolutely. So thanks, guys. Also, shout-out to Brian Burns for the free press for Karen content. And huge shout-out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. Uh, we're streaming to uh, eight locations right now. None of those are YouTube, and three of those belong to Red Voice Media on Facebook, and they have about three million followers just on those three Facebook pages. I know it's incredible. So thanks, Ray, Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media. Hey, the, uh, the latest uh, update with us and YouTube our suspension with YouTube um, expired last Friday, uh, but we're not planning on doing live streams to YouTube. Look, it's only a matter of time. They're going to, they're trying to delete our channel. If we get three strikes within 90 days, that will allow them to do it. We've had two strikes, just got over that two-week suspension. The third strike is what they're looking for. And look, we've, uh, we're on their radar now. I don't know. We're, we're popular enough or big enough to where we've made the radar, just like Dan Bongino did and some other guys. And so, we're not going to let them do that. So we've deleted all of the videos off our YouTube channel, and we're going to be using that to promote our content on other platforms like Rumble at rumble.com. So uh, be staying tuned and watch for more stuff. After the, uh, the three-month uh, you know, period expires, uh, we may start doing some other stuff with uh, YouTube, but it's not going to be what it was. They're a, uh, look, you can't get, you, it's not a free speech platform. And, uh, and they, they pretty much suck. So we're not going to be going back with a, or form a relationship with YouTube. In fact, we backed up the whole channel. I'm going to be, uh, I think there's a way that we're going to be able to put all that content back online for you. So we're going to be looking to do that, but we're, look, we got a ton of content, you know, at rumble.com, uh, just find the Leo Roundtable channel. So that's the, uh, the latest there. Um, guys, our first story, uh, we didn't cover it last week, waiting for some more information to come down the pike on this. And I was listening to the Dan Bongino show. Um, yesterday, um, and it was Friday show that I listened to on Sundays and it, it was some good information. So we're going to be having some of that as well. Lawofficer.com covered it. Former president Trump facing 400 years in federal prison. That's of course, if he ends up getting convicted on this bogus stuff. So former president Donald Trump could be sentenced to these 400 years in prison. If he's convicted of all charges and the maximum sentences are imposed consecutively. And though a likelier penalty would be, uh, for five to 20 years, according to the article, I suspect that. No time is going to be issued to Trump. Uh, Trump was charged with 37 counts, and co-defendant Waltine uh, Nada was sentenced to six counts, or, or I, I say sentenced to six counts. You know, it, it's more more accurate to say charged with. But they involve a willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, uh, corruptly concealing a document or a record, concealing a document in a federal investigation. A lot of these charges are very similar. A conspiracy to conceal false statements and representations and um, not a faces potential sentence of 90 years. So um, that's what we have there. Now, what's really interesting is there's really not a whole lot of surprise with the charges. We've known that they've been after Trump for a while. And look, everybody's got a different take. You know, my take is that I really I have a lot of scrutiny over whatever the left comes down on Trump because we've been we've weathered the storm so many times 
if their lips are moving, they're going to be lying like Adam Schiff. So I just don't put a lot of uh, uh, credibility into what they're doing, and I don't think anything's going to be going to come of it. But there was a case involving uh, former President Bill Clinton, and he had tapes, a, a, a ton of tapes, and he uh, did not want to give this to the National Archives. So we have a, a couple organizations, the National Archives and Records Administration, so that's called NARA, N-A-R-A, and then the Presidential Records Act is called P-R-A. So NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, um, in this, uh, the judge made some um, statements and conclusions and some rulings based on the thing involving President Clinton and the tapes that he didn't want to give to NARA. And so the judge said that NARA, the National Archives, they do not have the authority to designate materials as, quote, presidential records. They also lack any right, duty, or means to seize control of them. In this case, she was talking about the tapes, but it doesn't matter. Uh, under the statutory scheme established by the PRA, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in his sole discretion. And then on appeal, uh, the D.C. court, it reversed, holding that the PRA uh, precluded judicial preview of the president's record-keeping practices and yada, yada, yada. But in the end, the PRA, they said, requires the president to maintain records documenting the policies, activities, and decisions of his administration. But it leaves the implementation of, the, of this requirement um, up in the president's hand, hands. And so it's totally up to the president. It goes on to say that uh, at the outset, there's a broad language in a, in a case called Armstrong. It states the PRA. Um, it accords the president virtually. Uh, it gives him virtually complete control over his records during his time in office. So all these things just go on the same. I could, I could keep reading this stuff to you, but it basically says that all these things that they are trying to do, number one, archives and records, they don't have the authority to seize records. They can't get anyone else to do it for them either. And it's up to the president to decide whether something is confidential or presidential records or whether it even needs to go to the archives, you know, in the first place. So that said, Captain Brett. I think that if the Republicans um, had Joe Biden indicted, same circumstance, the Democrats would have spontaneously combusted and we would have ceased to be an earth. We'd just be just, I, I don't know. We're going to get into this horrible pattern. They indict Republicans. Republicans indict Democrats. It's just going to be a constant F show from this point forward, and nothing's going to get done. I, I just I can't see it. I don't know if he did it or not. I don't care. So what? He's out of office. It, it doesn't matter anymore. But they're doing it on purpose. Any sane person can see what's going on. You know, I'm glad you said that because I was in a discussion here at the studio with some people and I'm at the point like you where I just don't care. I mean, let's say that he even did. It. I, I just don't care. They have come after him and ruined his life and indicted him and done so many horribly bad things, false, false things, made up so many lies about him. I absolutely at this point, I just don't care. Um, and, and I also go as far as to say that I don't think that anyone deserves a presidency more than him because of everything that he's had to go through. Um, but but that's me, David. Yeah, I think that that's really the the bottom line. The the driving force behind all of it is simply to keep him from being able to run. Somehow, getting something to stick that disqualifies him from uh, being able to run for the presidency. That that's what it's all about. Uh, so it's throw whatever you can against the wall, try to get something to stick, and and achieve that disqualification. Um, and 
the the fear of in these people, I mean, the desperation and fear in these people, because they've got to know at this point, like Brett said, and and him especially, the way he operates especially. Not that I, I like it or think that it's a it's a necessarily a good thing, but the way that Trump operates is is oh my God, if if by some chance he gets reelected, you want to talk about scorched earth? Oh God. I, I mean I can't even I can't even begin to imagine what would happen uh, in that case. And so they've started this ball rolling and now they've realized, oh, crap, this this thing has gotten away from us. And if it doesn't work down the road, oh, crap, are, are we in trouble? So there's an equal amount of desperation on both sides of it, you know, trying to get Trump and then, oh, God, we've got to get Trump or we're through. So it's it's going to be interesting when it goes. And, and we've said this on a number of other occasions. You hear a lot of these things going down. We talked about cops getting indicted and all sorts of charges being levied by these prosecutors and some of these woke cities and whatnot. And it all changes when it goes to court. Everything changes when the evidence has to be laid out and a normal jury gets to hear both sides of the story. And they go, wait, wait, what? Yeah, not guilty. And we've seen that repeatedly. In many instances, not all, but many instances across the board with, with a lot of stuff that we've seen where these prosecutors, we, oh, we're going to indict, we're going to do this, he's going to go to jail, prison for 400 years, blah, blah, blah. And they get to court, it's like, oh, oops, yeah, you, we didn't tell you about this part, sorry, not guilty, and it's over. So we'll see. There's still a long way to go in this, and um, they're just trying to get him out of the race. That's the bottom line. So we have a, fe a female federal judge that ruled in the Clinton um, situation, which was similar. Um, and has now we've got the the uh, the federal uh, decision from that case that it that that hugely benefits Trump. But do you think there's any likelihood, uh, Captain, that this case is going to go to the court and they're going to get the conviction you know, they need to keep them out of the presidential you know, race? Chips, first off, this was a planned event. This is not some guy that woke up one day and said, "I'm going to indict Trump." There was discussion at the highest levels of the Democrat Party. They know the document that you showed us exists. They know that. I mean, they have researchers like if you can find it, they can find it. The point is, I think Dave had it right. This is their final protective fire. Back in the Marines, they taught us that when the bad guys are in the wire, shoot everything. Shoot it all because we don't have any choice. They're firing off their, their, their final protective fire. The only reason they're indicting him is because they think they can't kill him. If they thought they could kill him, they do it. But what, what's next? What's next down the, the down the ladder of how to get Trump? Can't kill him. Can't eat him. Let's do this. Let's indict him. Yeah. But these other cases, listen, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to we're going to cause all this this problem, whether it sees the inside of a court doesn't matter. We have done what our base wants us to do. They'll vote for us again. I don't think they care if they if, if he goes to prison. I don't think they care. But they have fired it. It is the last thing they have available because they can't shoot him. Wow. All right. Well, thanks, Captain. I can't believe it's already time for a first commercial break. Well, that came out of nowhere, Jimmy. So, look, uh, guys, stick with us. we got some good stuff coming up. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, you can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight 
specifically for read action. It works with video from any camera source and using motion DSPs, algorithms, and object tracking technology. It automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information. It saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been before, go there now, motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. And you know, we just got done talking about the indictment of President Trump. And uh, I'll have producer Will you know, put up underneath the production version of this show tomorrow at 9 o'clock at rumble.com. We'll put up uh, links to all the material that we were talking about, including that document, that uh, court document from the prior case involving uh, President Bill Clinton. Uh, David, did you want to add something? Just one more thing that, that it's kind of interesting to watch the evolution of the uh, left-wing attacks. It went from everybody was getting called racist, homophobic, transphobic, um, the list goes on. And when that has finally lost its teeth, when people have finally heard it so much that it, it doesn't mean anything anymore, now it, now it turns into criminal indictments. Now they start calling you a criminal, a felon. Look at the assignment of duties. You have the Department of Justice going after Trump and you've got jerk-off uh, Gavin Newsom out in California going after DeSantis. Oh, kidnapping charges for illegals that he's that he's flying or busing. You see it across the board in, in the way that they attack the people that they see as being threats. And it's fascinating to watch the evolution of how they do things and the tactics they use. Um, because none of the other stuff works anymore. Uh, you know, calling DeSantis, oh, he's, he's creating a... What was it? The first, oh, we're moving out of Florida. The NAACP, you know, issues a travel warning in the uh, the the whatever community, LGBT, whatever the alphabet community is, says, oh, it's it's so da- it's dangerous in Florida. You know, he's attacking us. None of it worked. So what have you got left? Criminal. Now we got to call him a criminal for illegal aliens moving them around the country and stuff. It's fascinating to watch the evolution of these people. If you pay attention, it'll be the same result. I'm I'm fairly certain. Captain? You know, I, I, I think what Dave said makes a lot of sense. It, it, they tried A, they tried B, they tried C, nothing. Now let's try D. Okay. So what's the what's the big thing out there? Trans rights, LBGTQ rights. Okay? That's the big push. Everybody's got the pride flags everywhere. The the uh, the BLM people must be going, hey, don't forget about us. But they're nobody's talking about BLM anymore. And it's not because they were crooks, it's just because that didn't work. So now this whole trans right thing, well, that seems to be working out pretty well. But while we're watching this hand, let's call Trump, let's indict Trump, and let's call DeSantis a criminal. And we're here's what we're doing. We're just, we're defending from the splatter. We're defending so much that we can't take positive measures to fight. We're, we're, we're in self-defense mode. And that's where they want to keep us. They want to keep us, our hands in front of our face, 
to defend, and we're not going to see what's coming from behind. Well, let's, let's not forget what just came down the same time that Trump was indicted with these 37 counts. Remember what was going down with the Biden family, uh, the payoffs, um, Hunter Biden, all that stuff that came out right at the same time. So it's a it's a huge deflection. Um, but look, we could, we could be here all day long talking about that. Um, it should be interesting. No way this is going to go to the court before the election. So Trump's going to be able to run. If, it, if, if something takes him out, it's going to have to be something else than this, um, in my opinion. Uh, lawofficer.com. <laughs> I tell you, Brett, get that pride flag out because the sheriff's office mock is being mocked after producing a video of cops raising a pride flag at a county jail and it went viral. I know, David, I, I watched David's face. Um, so we're in San Francisco, of course. So a video showing members of the San Francisco law enforcement community raising a pride flag over a county jail in the district has caused outrage after it was posted on China's TikTok. Yeah, TikTok belongs to China. Our enemies are laughing at us, wrote conservative activist Graham Allen on Twitter when posting a link to the clip. Now, the Daily Mail reports that the footage shows two deputies bringing out the progress version of the pride flag alongside old glory to be flown above the county jail uh, three. Uh, they said members of both the San Francisco Sheriff's Department and the San Francisco Police Department are shown saluting. Doesn't say they're saluting the American flag. Just says they're saluting. So. It gives the impression that they're saluting the pride flag. In the video, a patch in the San Francisco Sheriff's Department uh, in pride colors, it flashes up on the screen with the caption, a call for unity, visibility, equality, and it's set to the soundtrack of Born This Way by LGBTQ activist Lady Gaga. And some people, believe it or not, surprisingly, shockingly, are actually unhappy with the video. Wow. Um, Captain Brett. I'd like to think that the guys raising that flag and saluting that flag are going, oh, this just about sucks. But I don't know. You know, fellas out there at San Francisco Sheriff, San Francisco, if it's that bad, man, walk, go home, walk out, do something else. There's stuff to do. There's jobs that are, that are wanting out there. So they're, they're doing it of their own volition because they're staying there. They're giving in. They're caving in because if they weren't caving in, they would leave. The door is always open at the front of the police department. Okay, so they're you know, but they got sucked in. You know, it's a good job. We we love the job. We enjoy the job. Get to point guns with people you're not related to. You can't beat that. You can't do that in civilian world. But look at all this crap. And so, what about the straight flag, the straight white guy flag? How's that going to work out? No salutes there. That's that's racist yeah, and homophobic, Brett. Shame, shame on you. Oh yeah. You know, you started uh, again if, as you watch the how these things develop. Cities like San Francisco, like Chicago, uh, St. Louis, um, Portland, um, Seattle. There's a handful of them out there that you're starting to hear certain um, economists say that they don't believe that they that the cities will be capable of recovery, considering what they've been through, the losses they have suffered and continue to suffer. As people leave, tax bases, tax bases go away, uh, property uh, values either skyrocket or plummet, depending on the circumstances or the place. And they're starting to think that if they're going to go the way of Detroit with bankruptcy and, and the like. Now, when you see that and then you see the you see what's happening in this situation, it becomes very obvious that enough people have left to where the only ones left are the loons and the, uh, and the nuts. 
mentally incompetence and, and mentally ill and, and all that sort of stuff, drug addicts and the like. So as, as that continue, as that trend continues to go, you will see more and more of this until there's the eventual collapse. Uh, I've said it before, you know, I, I know that a lot of cops out there have a certain amount of time in, in the job. They feel they can't leave. They're trying to get to that pension, trying to get to that retirement. God bless you if that's your circumstance. Otherwise, like I've said, what Brett said, God, get out. Everybody, just get out. Any any sane person. I hear you. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Gauls. So we're going to go to the commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, you guys know about Gauls, right? Hopefully Captain Bartlett can help me out with this too. But they're the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from uh, multi-tools and flashlights, the duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, for law enforcement, they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition. What a great company. And Captain Brett, do you know what's going on at Gauls this week? Yep, uh, they got 20% off Rocky boots. Rocky's a very, very good line of boots. What I'm really anxious to see, what's going to be open for Father's Day? Any day now, they must, they're going to probably release all kinds of good sales for Dad. And so uh, rather than getting Dad that piece of crap tie you got him last year, get him a, uh, get him a red dot scope for your pistol with a good, uh, good pair of Rocky boots. Hey, you got to love that. And we got something big coming down the pike with Gauls. We're going to be having some contests, gift cards, stuff like that. So be watching for that to come. But guys, go there today gauls.com slash leo don't forget that slash leo gauls.com slash leo check it out today all right guys welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show we're still live from the boss hog radio studios in plant city florida you know we left off talking about the uh the uh, pride flag in san francisco being flown by the sheriff's office and the uh, pd so if we've exhausted that topic and hopefully we have let's jump to rumble and look for radio and podcast listeners We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything because uh, the next two stories have a video component. And look, it's hard to cover a news story today without a video component. So at rumble.com, and I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there. It's called This Is Butter. So go to rumble.com, look up This Is Butter. You'll be glad that you did. 14-year-old Jordell Richardson fatally shot by Aurora police after an armed robbery at a store. You're chasing him. Now, I think cap the captain, uh, Brett Bartlett, was talking about this to some of our streamers that this is coming up. But listen to this. So a teen, a teenager who's fatally shot by Aurora police was armed with a pellet gun. And this is what was released by the Aurora Police Department. So the agency released this body-worn camera footage. It relates to the fatal shooting of 14-year-old uh, Jordell Richardson to Police Chief Art Acevedo. Now, think about that. Does that name ring a bell? Maybe from Miami, that guy that got run out of Miami and he landed a job somewhere else. So not a, uh, not a, uh, not a huge, uh, not a huge feather in the cap for that agency. But anyhow, police chief Art Acevedo presented footage from two officers, body cams. So officer uh, Roach, uh, fires his weapon. Jordell, our bad guy, the teenager can be heard saying, Hey, stop, please. You got me officer. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Raj Grzeski. Uh, he's simultaneously yelling at the bad guy to let go of the gun and says that he'll shoot him. And then he fires a single round. And that's it was up close and personal that ends up striking our, our uh, juvenile in the abdomen. 
Officers throw away what turned out to be a pellet gun and perform CPR until paramedics arrive, and then our uh, bad guy ends up dying. Uh, the pellet gun was an exact replica of a nine millimeter handgun. So the cops, you know, of course, couldn't tell the difference. And then even if they could, I don't know that it really would have mattered. The officers chased Jordell after one officer with the gang unit saw a group of teens wearing medical masks and hoodies approaching a liquor store. They thought it was suspicious. They called for other gang officers to respond to investigate. Moments later, the teenagers, they run from the store after robbing it of several vape canisters. Yeah, they're vapors. And uh, officers learned that at least one of the kids had threatened the clerk with a firearm and it happened to be Jordell, the uh, juvenile that was shot and killed, that displayed the pellet gun to the clerk by pulling up a shirt. So, yeah, real, uh, a real winner. So that's the way this goes down. Captain Bartlett. You know, uh, I'll let Dave talk about the, the shooting. But in, in the article, uh, the chief, Acevedo, said, I am beside myself with anger because there's another black woman who's about to bury her son. Another one. Chief, who are you mad at? Are you yeah, mad? Are you mad because the kid basically committed suicide? What he? Who are you mad at, Chief? And just think about the officer who fired that shot has to hear the chief say this on a on a news release. He must be thinking, "Oh man, man, is is that about me? Is he is he angry at me? And why break it down? It's a kid. It's it's a human being. It's not a black woman, not a white woman. But way to go, Chief. Way to muddy the waters." Yeah, what a dunce. And, and that's what I was going to talk about, Brett. The, the shooting is an easy one. It's it's the idiot chief that's that's blowing this thing apart. I mean, the other stuff, he, you know, this is not a toy. This is a weapon. I'm thinking, okay, good. Good for him. At least he recognizes that his cops did the right thing. Um, nowhere in this chief statement, nowhere does he assign blame where it needs to be. He assigns blame to the to the to the toy gun. You know, what's the purpose of this? What's, what role did these play? Um, it's, you know, the, another 14-year-old killed dead. It's same garbage. You're going, wait, what? It's his fault. How about looking at his parents, too? Where are they? Where are they at all this? Not not the, not the plastic, not the, the fake gun, not the gun that the kid had. What a, I mean, what a dunce this, this chief is for this. And you want to talk about the shooting? Fine. The cops see this going down. They react. And the one thing that I saw that you kind of smile at, the uh, the one cop is trying to catch the kid. The kid's going across the front of the store, and the cop's coming between the buildings trying to catch him, you know, uh, uh, perpendicular to this kid, and just misses him. But <laughs> the kid gets by, and the guy hits the wall, thinking, missed him by that much. But then the foot oh, chase yeah. is on into the alleyway where they finally catch him. The kid's trying to get the gun out. And, I, you know, at the time, the cops have no idea what he's doing with this. You know, you probably in the kid's mind, he's just trying to get rid of it now because he knows it's going to be it's going to go bad for him when they find him with it, which it does. These are the choices that they make. Criminals. I don't give a crap like Brett said, black, white or otherwise. Criminals. Put the blame where it belongs. What about the up close and personal shot, David? Did that surprise you? No, I mean, you, you have two cops in a foot chase. They catch the bad guy. Everybody goes to the ground, or the one cop catches him. The second cop arrives there seconds later. Everybody goes to the ground to try to, to try to pin this kid down, and the gun comes out, and you hear the cops screaming, gun, 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 oh, my God, oh, my God. And now you're up close and personal. You have no choice but to do that. So, so I'm so we've glad. seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've seen – I mean, we every once in a while we'll see a cop. He'll disengage, start backing up, draw his weapon instead of doing taking taking action up close and personal. I was, I was, I was glad to see that, actually, because I, I don't think we see it enough, and it's definitely a, 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 a tactically a great option for them. So, 
Well, in that case, it's it's your best option. If you're already engaged and, and that's, the, that's the direction it's going to go, just stay there and deal with it. The, the more you move or do other things, that takes time and attention away from the task at hand, which is to put bullets on target. So they did that effectively and stopped the threat. Yeah. Now, if you watch the video, Captain, it's obvious these cops, especially the, the, the shooter, he feels horrible. I think I think he realized it was a kid at that point. Um, and, of course, the kid ended up dying. I mean, completely justified, but yeah, you know, yeah, I that human component. And, and, uh, and we're going to see another one. They started uh, life-saving measures and uh, very obvious. Um, but you know what? The, the bad guy started. And, and, Chief, if you're going to be mad, mad at the mother of this little turd, this little turd that you weren't supervising. How about be angry at her, Chief? Like we're angry at her for not doing the right thing. But he's not. He doesn't care. Well, let's see what we got coming up. We're, we're still at rumble.com. This is Butter, still the channel. So Euclid officers uh, shoot an 18-year-old armed suspect at a traffic stop when pointing a gun at them. Wow. So 18 years old. So now we're out of the teenager, uh, you know, to the adult thing here, uh, shot by Euclid police after a traffic stop on Wednesday. And he's been charged. He allegedly pointed his handgun at two officers, causing one officer to fire at him. So the story gets interesting. We have a Cleveland resident, Kevin Edom. Uh, with a passenger in a stolen Hyundai. Of course, if it's a stolen car, it's going to be a Hyundai, right? And that was stopped by the Euclid police. It's 12.30 p.m., so the middle of the afternoon on June the 7th. And so our um, bad guy exits the car and points a loaded handgun at two officers before one officer fires at him and strikes him in the leg. The video shows our bad guy jumping from the passenger side of the Hyundai with what looks like a gun in his left hand. Police tried to grab the teenager. Teenage, he's an 18-year-old teenager, right? Uh, that's when uh, Adam, he pointed the loaded gun at two officers. One officer fired three shots or her before he falls to the ground outside the apartment building. That's the way that goes down. He's being treated. Well, he was when this article was written, he's being treated at the local hospital. And the, the uh, Euclid officer's detective's leg was injured during the incident when the suspect's vehicle struck the unmarked police car that he was actually getting out of at the time. The detective was treated and uh, released to go to work later that day. So he ended up being OK. So that's what we have. Commentary, David. Yeah, the, an, another instance where, you know, careful review of the of the video, I think, um, would call into question what the bad guy was, what his in, intent was with the gun. Not that it matters. You know, he was pointing as he was running, trying to get away. The gun was being pointed in different directions as he was moving his arm and stumbling and falling. And the cops are trying to get him and they're screaming and yelling. And it's it's chaos. But again, the cops are not should not be taking or caring what the, what that circumstance is. You get out of a stolen car with a gun in your hand, you're going to be shot. You should be shot, period. That's the end of the story, uh, which this kid finally was, this young adult, this young adult bad guy. Now, then you hear the, I never had a gun. What are you talking about? <laughs> that, that garbage. And the cops go, oh, yeah. dude, you, <laughs> you're on camera. You're, you have the gun in your hand. No, 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 no I, I swear to God, it might have looked that way, but it wasn't me. And I'm going, <laughs> Yeah. I and, borrowed and then, these, and then I I these pants from my cousin. 
Yeah, I borrowed these pants yeah. from my cousin. I, th- that's not my dope in the pocket. I, I borrowed these pants from my cousin. Uh, um, you know, it's it's fascinating how you see another instance of where body worn cameras come into play. That now the bad guys are going, okay, we, can you take those body worn cameras off because this is not just just not working for us being able to lie our way out of this sort of stuff anymore. <laughs> um, it's it's fascinating, but you no know, tight chaos. Cops did good. Uh, took care of business. Took care of the bad guy. Uh, should have been quicker, but they got it done. Um, good for them. You know, when I, I first clicked, when I first clicked on the link you sent me, it came up to a a still picture uh, of of when he was trying to make that right turn and he slipped. It looked like he's trying oh, to yeah. do he's trying to do some kind of some kind of a handset. It's beautiful. He's he's been over backwards. He's got a gun in his left hand, but I didn't have a gun. Yeah, but it's right there. Uh, you, no, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Yeah, it, it was a great thumbnail. I, I totally agree. Hey, guys, we got one coming up where uh, a cop plants a hidden camera in a female locker room. Yes, it's coming up. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first, and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also by firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be very glad that you did. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live at the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So leoaffairs.com, the source of this story, secret camera lawsuit. Women sue West Virginia State Police. So, uh, wow, this uh, accusation of a secret camera sounds a lot like voyeurism to me, Brett, but inside the the women's locker room at a West Virginia State Police Academy is creating a major headache for the law enforcement department. So according to the WTRF, listen to this, 42 women, 42 women, including, and this, this is bad, 10 minors, they say they used the locker room that was in question and that they were filmed without their knowledge. That's uncool. So the minors say that they were filmed while attending the West Virginia State Police Junior Patrol Camp. Oh, the story just gets worse. The lawsuit was filed in April, but the list of accusers has grown after the initial revelation. So State Police Superintendent Jan Cahill actually resigned back in March over the accusations and an interim uh, you know, has been appointed. Uh, it's believed that a single trooper ended up installing the camera and recorded the video. The governor said that when the recordings were found, the troopers threw it on the floor, stomped on it. All the women are either former or current troopers and minors who attended the camp. Wow. That's what we have. Uh, uh, well, go ahead, guys. I don't know if this article, I read some more, that whoever did it was dead. They found he's passed away. He's long gone. And it doesn't say what troopers found it, and what troopers stomped on it? Were they trying to destroy evidence? Were they doing it out of anger? Was it the female troopers? No, nobody's really saying this. And really, right. it's, West, it's really West, I mean, it's West Virginia, right? What's the pickup <laughs> line in West Virginia? Hey, uh, hey, <gasps> nice nice tooth. You know, it just, I don't know. 
I don't know how bad that's going to be. Oh, yeah. You look wow. at you, what 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 Brent said is just kind of the tip. They they um once it was once it was discovered that this had happened or the the rumor got out because they they the evidence or the thumb drive that was found was destroyed, and they didn't say how it was just how it was found. Was it something that they found once the person they're accusing of installing the camera, once he died, did they find it in his personal possessions? What, where did it come from? And then it was destroyed. So the lawsuits are being filed, it sounds like, because I looked at other articles as well, it sounds like the lawsuits are being filed from the standpoint of, okay, the information that we have is that the camera was possibly installed during this time frame. And I was there at this facility during that time frame. I went into the female restroom, locker rooms, whatever it was. So I must have been filmed. That's what it's all coming down to. And you have attorneys saying, well, now it's up to the state of Virginia, Virginia to prove that my client was not filmed. Wait, what? So I'm... I'm really not sure where this is going to go other than being an enormous embarrassment for that state and agency uh, and, and facility. But unless there's some really fun laws in, in, in the Virginia Commonwealth, West, West, or Virginia. West, West Virginia, if there's no evidence that anything was done other than what is now basically just someone's word. Well, I found this thumb drive and there were images of the female locker room on the thumb drive. Well, was there any females on the thumb drive? Was there video of someone? Was show me some what were you filmed? How but they're filing lawsuits that I was there during that time, therefore you have to prove I wasn't filmed. Interesting legal theory. I I I'd, I'd love to see where this is gonna go. Yeah, Not that yeah. it's a good thing, but yeah, kind of strange. Yeah. West Virginia is gonna pay somebody some money. What's not yeah. said is, was it originally installed with, with, with oversight, with, with uh, permission? If it's got a thumb drive, that tells me that it's being monitored and it's being, you know, dealt. Otherwise, you know, a pinhole camera is just a short-term thing that you can't store much on it. It will be over. So how old are the images? Where did the thumb drive go? How did they find it? Why did they stomp on it? Um, I think West Virginia had some other problems with their state police before. And I think this is why the director resigned. Other, other than that, it's one incident. There's no reason for them to resign over this. I didn't do it. You know, I, I didn't know it was there. Just like Dave didn't know it was there. And Chip probably didn't know it was there. <laughs> probably. You know, Brett, Brett's knowledge of pinhole cameras and all that stuff, that just scares me. You know, how much he knows about all that. I mean, what other, why would he, why would he have all that information? Chip, have you checked the seat you're in right now recently? Right, well, it's, <laughs> I think. I think uh, producer Jimmy's got a man crush going yeah, here on you, your. You guys might, you guys might want to get one of those devices, Chip. But we may be having a up the shoot camera right now, and you don't even know about it. Well, I know it's getting a little warm down there, but I never, I never considered that. And hopefully, is it remote hey, control, Brett? Uh, reach down and do this. It's kind of out of focus. Just reach down and kind of do this a little bit for me. You way. know, our radio, our radio listeners can't really see you like rotating the two digits on your yeah. hand, but yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, like uh, a knob. Focus that focus ring right down there, Chip. Aside. All right. I'm All getting right. a blur is what on. I'm saying. I'm getting a blur. I'm working on it. Hey, uh, you know, uh, before I go to this next story, and David's shaking his head in disgust, um, I did, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the uh, the boss hog guys sent me a story over the weekend. You know, uh, YouTube is a big podcast platform now. It used to be 
um, Apple iTunes, and now YouTube apparently is a big outlet for podcasts. Uh, but the nice thing about the article, it said that if you are on YouTube and you leave the platform like we just did, that you that over 75%, over three-quarters of your audience will follow you where you're going to be next. So that's nice. So, yeah, we're pulling our people from YouTube, taking them with us with us to, uh, to Rumble So uh, and uh, the proverbial middle finger to YouTube. Uh, so jumping on the uh, bandwagon for the next story at rumble.com. This is Butter again, and we've only got a few minutes, so I want to go through this relatively quick. Uh, we're in uh, Vancouver. Uh, the police department over there, they have body cam footage of a fatal shooting of a robbery suspect at Height Shopping Center. So it's released on Friday by the Vancouver Police Department. It shows Joshua James Wilson pointing a handgun at an officer before that officer and others fatally shot him May the 30th in central Vancouver at a shopping center parking lot. So the footage comes from the body cameras worn by. It gives the, the officer, you know, Brandon Rydell and a detective, Colton Price, and another detective, Aaron Yoder. And Clark County Sheriff's Detective Zach Nielsen, they were all present and they shot the bad guy. So everybody, everybody got a piece of the bad guy on this one. Body camera footage shows um, Officer Number One, who addressed several times as Officer Rydell, exits his car with his handgun drawn. He's heard shouting twice at Wilson, drop the gun. Wilson could be seen pointing a gun at Officer Rydell before gunfire immediately followed. Wilson continued to run for a few seconds after the gunfire starts. Then he falls to the ground. So after he falls, officers could be heard asking if anyone else was hit in response right said hey he shot towards me i'm not i'm good and then kind of the discussion goes back from there they've actually got one cop with a long gun it was pretty interesting after about 90 seconds officers approach our bad guy with gun still drawn but he's pronounced dead at the scene there's a handgun on the ground next to him he had a holster on a bad guy with a holster that's that's a that's a first right but that's the way this goes down uh commentary whoever wants to start off first guys david um yeah another chaotic scene in a, in a shopping plaza this guy's running across varied backdrops uh the oh, yeah. one officer with the with the pistol was shooting at him as he was running a, in front of a very large plate glass windowed um storefront of some sort now i'm not going to criticize because if somebody's shooting at you brother you've either got to be under some serious hard cover or you're returning fire one or the other um, that's a tough position to be in and uh there was no other reports of anyone else being injured other than the bad guy and he was fatally injured the guy, and there was more than one long gun on the scene, uh, and they they were in the, a good position and put rounds on him pretty hard. But you, you did see a couple of rounds hit the ground around this guy's yeah. feet. You know, the, the kickups. They were going, "Hey guys, come on now, get on target with those dang guns." But other than that, they did a good job. Go, Brett. Uh, what I liked was the aftermath. Somebody said, "Hey, one talker, one talker." Of course, for some reason that chick she decided to talk, and that kind of killed the whole move. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, they did a good job getting their gloves on, getting the plan. They didn't rush up. So good for them. They, it was very coordinated and very professional. Yeah. They moved back into a position of, of where everybody was one of the other videos that we didn't get to, uh, the, the one officer just didn't understand the concept of crossfire, but in this one, they did, they, once the shooting had stopped, they immediately went to cover. They moved up closer and then formed a plan and moved forward with it instead of sitting on their hands going, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Just back up, back up, back up. No, no. Go take care of business, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you're there for. 
and they did. So good for them. Um, good for the good they got the bad guy. And there's another one where a cop on the street sees this guy, recognizes him, and puts things in motion. So good for him. All right, excellent commentary and uh, good show, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, look, this brings us to the end of our of our show. But guys, thanks for sticking with us. And again. Go to Rumble at Rumble.com to find our Leo Roundtable channel. We're not going to be on YouTube anymore. Uh, they're anti-law enforcement, anti-conservative. So that that the love has gone from that relationship, as Captain Bartlett would say. Hey, I usually take this time to talk about the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org. Lieutenant Randy Sutton's uh, you know, 501c3. They help cops out, or out that are in a world of hurt, suffer from PTSD or medical issues their department's not going to cover. And maybe they're not even offered medical retirement disability. So uh, the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org, they're not going to embarrass you. It's a great organization to get involved with. And also a shout out to our sponsors again today, uh, MotionDSPGallsGunLearn.com on Medicare.Live and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Another shout out to Ray Dietrich. He's joined our show, so he'll be back on um, soon. But Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. Appreciate the hits and the coverage. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. Thanks, guys.